Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. We are on the the heels of, of Q1, like we are in Q1 of 2022. And I was saying to my guests before I hit record, time is flying so far. And it's, it's almost, we're doing this recording the middle of January and you'll be hearing it next month, but where is the time going? It's, it's been warm in Canada. It's been freezing in Canada. It's totally four season Canada. And I'm telling you this because my guest today is just up the road for me and he's my local leader for the month. So let me tell you a little bit about my, my new colleague and friend, Peter Moore. He is a business owner. What I like is He's been in business as long as me, over 25 years. We're just going to say 25 plus. He's seasoned. He loves to embrace and talk about chaos and being overwhelmed and, and strategies to reframe and get out of that. And I love talking to other entrepreneurs. He's a coach. He's a fellow podcaster. So we're going we're gonna to unpack this beautiful interview today because I never let my guests know what we're going to talk about. Of course, it's going to have the foundation of heart-centered leadership, but my fellow Ontarian, Peter Moore, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for inviting me, Deb. It's just a pleasure to be here with you. And, you know, I'm on a lot of podcasts uh, and not often am I on Canadian ones. So it's nice to have an all Canadian podcast here today. Well, it's, it's when we get to guest each other, and it's always a delight to have another podcaster. And I, I know what it feels right now to sit on your side of, of the mic, and you get to sit back and have fun today. I'm the one doing all the work. So <laughs> I want to I wanna jump into some, some leadership questions, and sure. I want our listeners to get a little insight into who you are as a man and a dad and a husband and a coach. So if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know that you love to talk about the four P's of business. And, and let me let our listeners know the four P's of business you talk about are product, process, people, and profit. Will you unpack where the four P's derived from, where, what the backstory is, and how you implement it into your personal life as well as as an entrepreneur? Well, that's a loaded question. Uh, there's a lot there. How did I come up with it? Well, I came up with it through my 27 plus years of being a business owner. Uh, one thing you can say about, you know, doing this since 1994, you know, being a business owner since 1994 is I've seen a lot of stuff, good and bad, 
you know, I've, I've had it happen to me with my different, I've owned businesses in service and retail, and I've been a business broker helping people buy and sell businesses. I, you know, all sorts of different things, uh, renovations and cleaning businesses and liquidation businesses, all sorts of different stuff. So I've seen a lot of different things, but the four P's when you can sort of take those four P's and the frameworks that I talk about and overlay them on almost any business, service business, a product-based business, a manufacturing business, anything, because all of the things there are relevant. And it's all around, you know, the leadership side of that. It's not so much around the management side. There's tons of stuff out there on management. This framework is around being the business owner or the business leader so that you can get your mind thinking about the things that need to push that business ahead. Because as entrepreneurs, Deb, we get into business because we want a better life. When you first get into business, you're thinking, hmm, if, if I start a business, then maybe I could do this, or maybe I could do that, or maybe I can, you know, have more time to myself or do what I truly want to do, or maybe I can take a vacation and I don't have to ask for permission, all of these sort of things, right? I'm going to make my own call. But in doing that, sometimes there's a lot of different things that come, kind of come compacted for people that aren't used to running a business. And it's like overwhelm and craziness, like you had mentioned in the intro. And it's like, oh, how do I get out of what I've just got into or at least make it better? And so I think the four P's allow that to happen by structuring sort of your thought process and your strategy around each of those pieces of the puzzle in order to make them even better so that it can, so your business can then start working for you instead of you working for your business. And I think that's the, the big piece there. What I love about it is, can I rearrange the piece and can we put people first? Yeah, well, uh, you can rearrange them in any which way you so desire. The reason, I'll tell you the reason for the framework. The reason I've got product first is because, and, and I say product, it could be service as well, but service starts with an S, not a P. So uh, from that perspective, we, I, I like to just say product. So when you look at your product and services, if you don't have a product or service that people will pay for, you don't have a business. You can't hire people. The only person's going to be you and you're not going to make any money. So the reason product is first is just for a cash flow perspective, because almost every single person out there, every single business fails because of cash flow. And if you don't have that right product alignment, and when we look at product or service, really understanding truly what that product is going to deliver to your clients, what problem are you going to solve with it? How are you going to present that problem, present that solution of the problem so that their client, your client can live a better life? Because everybody, no matter what purchase you're buying, whether you're buying a service, whether you're buying a house, whether you're buying a steak at the, at the store, it doesn't matter. You're always looking at your next purchase as having a better life. This is going to improve my life in some way. So you really need to hone in on the fact that you need to be able, I, one of my coaches, Dan Sullivan from um, Strategic Coach, you know, puts it in this, in this way, you need to test your ideas on check writers. And if nobody's willing to pay for it, then it's not a great product or service. So from that perspective, you really have to hone down and work through that sort of stuff in order to 
make sure and continuously be working on those products. I mean, we can get into legacy products versus new products and all that other stuff too. But uh, from that perspective, just having the right product is ultimately crucial. Absolutely. It is. No, that's great advice. Sound advice. Okay, my second question has permanent residency on the show, and it's been asked uh, in every interview since we started uh, back in May of 2020. What imperfections does Pete bring to his heart-centered leadership? Oh, we all have lots of imperfections. (laughs) One that I counsel uh, often because I experience it often is the word assume, It's not a terrible word these days, but it's making an ass of you and me. And I have fallen into that many, many times. And I'm assuming that things are a way they are, or I'm assuming that somebody knows what I think they know, or any of those kind of things. So over the last several years, I've done really a lot of work in order to take away the assumptions in you know, my leadership style, in better communicating, in better laying out the vision, goals, mission, all of that stuff from a leadership perspective, so that there are no assumptions. Laying out process, we talked process is that second, you know, laying out the process so that everything is in its place and everybody knows clearly why it's there and who's accountable for it. It's one thing to lay the stuff out and to talk about it, but if nobody's accountable for it, that's where a lot of businesses fall as well. Absolutely. And, and great imperfection, but great structure. And I love the reframe that you did on that. And it goes back to what you said previously too about product. It's all interchangeable and it's, it's a sequence that you have to, to follow. It's, it's a valley we've all been in as entrepreneurs and, you do it once and then you don't do it again. So it's it's just, it's one of those learned hard facts. I love it. Okay, I asked you for three words or phrases that come to mind when you think of leadership. And you gave me clarity, communication, and lead by example. Tell me why you pick those three and why you pick them to be in that specific order. Well, Deb, um, everything and I can't stress this enough, everything in business starts with clarity. Without clarity, you really don't have anything. It's all mumble jumble. It's all willy nilly. It's all just pieced together. And nothing really ever happens in a good format or structure. So without clarity, we don't have confidence. And without confidence, we don't have any momentum. So that's a, the line I use a lot. You know, Clarity creates confidence and confidence ignites momentum. So everything starts with clarity. And we talked about it just in this last little segment around the fact that you need to be very clear in communicating the expectations, the visions, all of those things from a leadership perspective, so that everybody knows what their job, what their position is, what they are doing to elevate the business and their lives too. Because as heart-centered leaders, we are there working, you know, so that all of our team is feeling this as well, right? We're leading by example, which is that other sort of set, you know, we're, we're working through all of this stuff, but we want to have everybody around us, our client. And when I say team, which is in my opinion, the word P, P 
people, you know, our, our, our third P there. So when I, when I look at team, I structure it into three different things. So we've got our, all of our people. One is our internal team. One is our client base. And one is our outsource partners or suppliers that are helping us deliver our promise, right? So from that perspective, everybody, all three of those people that all three of those, you know, segments of your people portion need to be in full communication in full clarity around what it is you're trying to do, who it is you're trying to do it for, who you're helping and why you're doing this. And such a, such an important piece. So clarity is number one, always. So we touched on communication in there too, how important it is to communicate and lead by example. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so digging back into my past, Deb, I ran a cleaning company for 10 years in the Ottawa area as one of the businesses that I had there. And we specialized in cleaning sinks, toilets, and urinals. And that's all we did. We didn't do mopping. We didn't do all this other stuff. We went into businesses, all sorts of Tim Hortons and chains and Ikea's and Staples Business Depots and all sorts of restaurants, different things like that. But we really focused in detailed cleaning and sanitizing of their sinks, toils, and urinals. And I can tell you, lead by example, I have cleaned more urinals than you will ever want to see in your entire life. So are you willing to do it? Are you willing to get in there and do the work that you need to do at any level of your business so that everybody else understands and sees that you're willing to do exactly what you're asking of them so that you can deliver the promise to your clients? Absolutely. You have to be willing to step in and step up at any given opportunity and when you're needed. Well, entrepreneurship is hard. It's, it's not for the weak. And that's why not everyone does it. If we don't work and be creative and do what you just so beautifully explained and framed there, we don't make any money. It's not for the weak of heart. And it comes with its peaks and valleys, but our richest commodity is time. And when you get to control that commodity, it's priceless. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, most of the work that I do with uh, entrepreneurs, um, all of my clients are, well, all but one right now are in the States, but, uh, but I work with people in mostly in North America. Almost all of the work that we do revolves around giving their time back you know, and, and so that they have more choice of what they want to do with their time and work in their genius zone, what I call their genius zone. So from that perspective, you know, we want to be working on our businesses, not necessarily in it, but when we are working in it, then we want to be working within our genius zone so that we're making the biggest impact in the smallest amount of time for all of those three levels of P's that we talked about, three levels of, uh, people in particular, for our teams, for our clients, and for our outsource partners in order to deliver that promise back. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Now, my last question is around a statement that you made around leadership, and I want to read it, and then I'm, I'm going to set it up to, to ask the question. So you had stated that leadership style must reflect the culture of the organization and it's only through the clarity of the guiding principles. And I fully agree with you. So share with me a tip or strategy that you would give to any of our listeners, whether they're in management or leadership, as they continue to navigate unprecedented times, because must is a strong word. 
So how can you, how could you shift or reframe that to give some strategy as we continue, you know, we're on hybrid, we're half hybrid, we're not hybrid, we're back at home, we might be in the boardroom, there are sectors that haven't even participated in this being related to frontline or a commodity, if you will. So how does one maintain that leadership style of culture reflection as we continue to navigate unprecedented times? Well, if you could do me the courtesy of rereading what I wrote there, it's been a while. Sure, I will. Leadership style must reflect the culture of the organization. It's only through the clarity of the guiding principles and you listed mission, vision, key characteristics, and critical actions. Yeah. Yeah. So I start almost every engagement with my clients with building, if they haven't already built their guiding principles, everything in your business revolves around your guiding principles. Every meeting that you have within your business, whether it's virtual, whether it's in-person, you know, it doesn't, whether it's hybrid, it doesn't matter, needs to include a piece of your guiding principles. What is your mission? What is the vision? What are the key characteristics that you need to have within your team? What are those critical actions? What are the three most important things that everybody in your organization does every day? In fact, those critical actions should also be on their quarterly reviews. They should be on your hiring documents. They should be on everything around your key characteristics and critical actions are so important. They should be on pretty much everything that aligns every person that's on your team and your clients. Because without those, you're never going to hit your missions. You're never going to hit the vision. You're never going to see the big picture come true. And it's your job as the leader of the organization to communicate that, to make it real, to make it vivid as, as I've got a book in the background, if, if anybody's watching, it's Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. It's our book of the month in our book, month, uh, in our, in our book club this month. But um, from that perspective, your job as the leader is to do exactly that, is to, you know, repetition is the mother of skill. Your job is to repeat and communicate this every time you possibly can to everybody that's involved in your organization so that you're really, truly, it's either going to attract or repel. Both are good things. You're going to attract the people that you want, or by this constant repetition, you're going to repel the people that you don't. And that's okay too. From that perspective, I just, I truly believe in this idea around communicating your guiding principles. I like putting them all on one page. I create one page sheets with all my guiding principles so that they're very, they're nice. They look good. And basically you're, you can share them with anybody you want. Everybody has a quick capture of what the business is. They should be able to remember your one-liner and all those things. We're not great big legal speak type missions. It's more about, you know, this is it. And, you know, just very simple, very easy to remember, remember, remembered by all essentially. Yeah. No, I love, I love that. And it's, uh, it's coming back to that clarity piece again, right? Like you said, whether you're attracting or repelling rinse on repeat. Yep. Okay. I'm going to switch gears and I always end the podcast with what I call my rapid fab four, just four fun questions whatever's sitting on top of mine. First question, tell us something that we don't know about you. 
for those of you who may not be watching, I'm a, a musician. So I enjoy playing guitar and mandolin and played in a bluegrass band for um, better part of 20 years. I love that. Tell us what book that you've read, and it can be any time in your life, that really, really changed you and why. And if you can remember the title and the author, that would be wonderful. Well, uh, you can see I've got a lot of books behind me. I'm a big, avid reader. And I think one of the ones that uh, changed, certainly for my business side of things and business coaching, is called Business Made Simple. I became a Business Made Simple certified coach. And because I believe in the principles and Donald Miller wrote Story Brand and Business Made Simple and uh, just wrote another one called Hero on a Mission. So I'm involved in that network and it's really helped me get through some certain things. So uh, I know it so well. Now I coach to it. Uh, and that's just uh, one that has certainly changed some of the things that have happened to me. I always love this question because I never get the same answer. And I think we all have a book inside of us. And I think we've all read a book that has really allowed us to transform or transition or grow or change or pivot. And I've never got the same the same book since I've asked that question. Okay, third question. If I gave you, granted you one wish right now for the world, what would it be? Well, right now, I think based on where we're sitting with everything, uh, I'm just going to have to say that uh, we need to pull out of this COVID disaster that we've all had for business and for life and for personal life is that if there was anything we could do to make, wave that magic wand and just make that go away. That would be the wish so that everybody could start planning and doing and enjoying and seeing people that they love and all of that sort of stuff um, more often than they currently are. Uh, that's a that's a great wish. I think it's it's a wish that many of us would would join you in having. Now I'm going to finish the show with my last question, but before I ask it, I want to say that. It's, it's lovely that we've connected. We are literally right down the road from each other and, oh my gosh. you know, find each other through the wonderful internet. And I always love getting to know somebody and I'm, I'm grateful that you wanted to be on the show and, and share a little piece of your expertise, but more importantly, your heart. So I just, from my heart to yours, thank you for your time today. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, spending some time with you here and your listeners today, Deb. And we're going to finish the show out with a sentence that I ask everybody to finish. So tell me what comes first to mind when you hear this and finish the sentence for us. Heart-centered leadership is? Heart-centered leadership is loving your people, loving yourself. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.